It's one thing to grow physically, another thing to grow mentally. It's another thing to grow in regards to spiritual things. And this is the great deficit of our day. People are ignorant spiritually and, and, and lack development in spiritual things. And, uh, and of course that's true in the world, but also, unfortunately, this is often true in the church. All right, People just become culturalized Christians. And that they know a few principles and know, know a few truths. And, you know, of course, if someone's received their salvation, praise God, that's the most important thing. But how many know we need to grow? We need to develop in spiritual things. We need to advance beyond the babyhood state of Christianity. And so we've been talking about these things for the last couple of months. And I want to give you one more shot in the arm here today. Everybody ready for it? Hope you come expecting and, and uh, hope you come with a, a heart uh, of humility, ready to receive and, and, uh, and grow and be stretched. Let, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 once again. The Lord tells us here that He gave us the uh, five-fold ministry gifts. And, and we pick up in verse 13. It says, "...till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God." In other words, those things aren't going to happen automatically just because someone's saved. They don't automatically come to a unity of the faith and of a knowledge of the Son of God, all right, to a perfect or complete mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. All right. Everybody ready for some more? Okay. We've been talking about not only, uh, not only identifying what a mature man or woman in Christ looks like as compared or contrasted to a, a, a child or a person who's in the babyhood state of Christianity. Hopefully you've been able to, uh, if you've been here over the last number of weeks, identify some areas that you can literally see growth and maturity and, and, and progress spiritually in your life. And also, probably the case that you can also recognize some areas where there needs to be some more growth. There needs to be some, some development and, and so forth. And if you have, that's a good thing. That's not condemnation. How many know that's not telling you you're a lousy rascal? It's telling you there's some, there's some opportunity for growth, all right? And if you don't think there is, I'll be the first to tell you, there is. There is. And if, if we, and when we recognize that, then we're able to uh, do what's necessary uh, to make progress, to advance. Because if I think I'm already there, I'm not going anywhere. Now, now thank, thankfully, most of us have, even though we've not arrived, we've left, right? We're somewhere there in the middle. But as long as we're moving forward, then that would be important. Because too many times uh, believers get uh, stuck or they, they get, it's like, they're, it's like that symbol. You know what that symbol is? Pause. <laughs> they have, their spiritual life is on pause as opposed to play. <laughs> Or fast forward, get two of those. Uh, they've paused. And, and the Lord has really even ministered to me about this, these services today. That there are individuals that really are on hold. And they, they've stopped progressing spiritually. And there's some reasons for that. But I tell you, a lot of it has to do with 
uh, with being obedient to the Lord and doing what He's told you to do. Because the moment I stop listening and stop following and, and, and following His leading is, is the moment I stop making progress. Is the moment I stay in that place. And, and you see, I don't want to be today where I was five years ago or ten years ago. I want to be further on down the road. And so there, there's got to be action because according to this scripture, these ministry gifts were given and God would speak through them and do things through their lives to the end result that people wouldn't continue to be the way they are. That they would no longer be children. In other words, it's possible to be saved, have a relationship with God, be on your way to heaven, but remain in the same spiritual condition year after year. All right, And we've got to avoid that. At all costs, we must move forward. We must press on and make progress. We've been uh, talking about what it takes to grow up. Quick review. What it takes. Number one, I said uh, it takes humility to grow up. Secondly, it takes the Word of God. In other words, a proper spiritual diet is essential for spiritual development. Third, remember we said resistance is necessary. Like, like at the gym, you've got to push against something that's, uh, that's heavy, something that'll, quote, push back. And when you push against it, you grow and you develop and you expand. And then, and then number four, you remember we talked about, everyone loves this one, suffering. Suffering, all right? But we're not talking about sickness and disease and poverty and the curses that are in the earth. Uh, we've been redeemed from those, thank God. But suffering as a result of putting your flesh under and being in obedience to the Lord. And, uh, and these are things that are necessary. We must recognize that our obedience to God, again, will develop things in us. It will develop character and strength and enable us to be stronger today than we were yesterday. See, if the same things that troubled me and gave me a... Gave me a hard time in the first couple years of my salvation are still giving me that same degree of grief today, then I probably haven't grown much. But if I have responded properly with the Word and the, 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 the Word of God and, and, and the name of Jesus and using the tools that God has given me in the past, then those same strategies and attacks against my life today do not carry the same punch. They're much, they're much weaker. And I can just. I can brush it off. Amen. So I'm still dealing with the same stuff. Well, that's why I'm talking. That's why we're having this series. Why? So we can move forward. So we can grow and develop and get stronger and and let God do more in and through our lives. I want to talk to you about another one. Number five. You're taking notes. You got your notes from last week, right? Keep them with you at all times on your person. In case there's anyone you run into at a restaurant and need to give them a lesson. All right. Number five, this is another thing that's necessary. This is God's plan, and it's others. Others. A key component for our personal spiritual growth and development is others. God wants to use someone else in your life. Now, I recognize that a mature person has a greater ability for independence than an immature person. Just like, again, compared to natural growth, uh, a young child is very dependent on adults to provide and take care of. 
spiritually so, it's, it's also the case when a person is immature spiritually, they are more dependent on other people's prayers and other people's encouragement, other people's support. Uh, and when you grow and develop, you don't need that as much from others in the sense that you, you're going to make it on your own. You and the Lord, you can plow through, you can make it, and everything's going to be fine. However, however, a mature person also recognizes that the body of Christ must function together. We must function together. God didn't design us to work independent one of another. He calls us the body of Christ, right? In other words, not the finger of Christ or the arm of the Lord, right? He calls us the body. In other words, we're all connected. We're joined together. In fact, that's what this scripture here says. Uh, You're looking there at Ephesians still. Look at that last verse again that we read. That last verse, verse 16. It says, from whom, talking about Jesus... Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Now, what's that talking about every joint supplies? That's talking about people. That's talking about one person is called a joint that supplies to another. It's talking about the, like the elbow is a key component between the forearm and the upper arm, the bicep and the tricep and so forth. The elbow is a key part of that whole relationship, right? Likewise, it is with us. That we play key uh, parts in God's spirit and his sustenance and his life and his wisdom. and his, we, we are a key part in those things flowing from one part of the body to another part of the body. Now I recognize that as a mature man in Christ, that I'm going to make it without you. I'm going to have my own relationship with God, whether you do or not. And many of you feel the exact same way. I'm going to serve God no matter who does. Uh, I'm going to walk with God personally. But then once we get to that place, all it really should do is put us in a position where we are not so much sucking off of others, but we're more giving to others. Okay? And God designed that we would be connected, that we would be a part of each other's lives, and and that there would be... um, Uh, something that every joint supplies. Let's read the rest of that. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. What's a part? Well, you and I are body parts in Christ. And every part is supposed to do something or its share. There's been a certain part measured out for you to do. And if you will do your part, I'll be better off. And if I will do my part, you'll be better off. But if I skip out on my part, and if I don't have a supply of running through this joint, then there's going to be an absence of, of God working in different parts of the body until He can get someone else to replace me. Everybody with me today? See, every part does its share. Then what happens? This causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is what causes growth. It is, this, is a, this is a healthy body. An unhealthy body where parts of the body do not communicate with others. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's many parallels for those who know the human body, but I, I know individuals uh, like Amy's mom and stuff that, that has a disconnect between the brain and the body, right? If that's probably not the best way to say that. I'm not being mean. She's lack of motor function. <laughs> uh, someone laughed at that. You can't say that about your mother-in-law. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> but... uh. But you understand what I'm saying. There's, there's, there's got to be communication. There's got to be connectivity. And then the body is healthy. Then the body can do what the body couldn't do otherwise. 
And this is one of the things that we have to recognize. This is not just all about me and this relationship. Some people say, I love the Lord. I just don't like people. Well, you know, Scripture says if a person who says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar. So, in one sense, my relationship with God stands on its own. But in another very real sense, my relationship with God is connected to your relationship with God. Huh? In other words, we're all knitted together and joined together. And there is a supply and flow of the Spirit of God in in the midst of, of, of each other. And so, some things that I've seen and witnessed, and I can show you in Scripture again and again. But people who place a very low priority on the church seem to not develop in spiritual things. In other words, low importance on joining together. The church is not a building, you all know that. A church is the gathering of God's people. Those who consider that kind of take it or leave it, you know, don't participate very much, are also those who are very undeveloped in spiritual things. Okay? Also, those individuals who even participate in a local church but don't have much connection with other parts of the body within the church they also suffer lack they also are uh, not able to be used of God to the, to a, a great degree see the lord not not only needs us in close proximity that's what we're doing this is part of what we're doing today but the lord lord needs us to be connected to one another and, and, and if a person has no relationships, they have no uh, direct connection with other parts of the body, that hinders what God wants to do. It hinders God's flow to you and, of course, through you. Because the Lord wants to do things both in your life and in someone else's life. And if all of us are just islands unto ourselves, then we will never allow the fullness of the Spirit of God to do in us what He intended. I remember uh, when I was getting ready to go to Bible school, this was back in 1987, summer of 87, and and I was getting ready to train and prepare for ministry and move halfway across the country to where people speak with a, a drawl <laughs> in Oklahoma, and, uh, and, uh, and I was getting ready to go. I was in a church service, and a man of God called me out who was a minister who was a guest minister there but I had a lot of conversations with him he knew I was what I was doing going to prepare for ministry and so in this service he said I would like to pray for you before you go and uh, and begin to prepare for ministry and so I'm like all about that and I come forward and you might think there's a lot of important things and good things that he could pray for you know help him to prepare and train and receive the word and yada yada finances and you know all that kind of stuff and all of it would have been good prayer it was interesting he called me up and started praying for me you know what he prayed that i would meet the right people when i got to oklahoma he prayed that i would have the right I, that that the lord would ordain friendships for me and i thought well good cuz i was literally going where i knew zero people just, here I am, you know, and, uh, and so I didn't know a soul, and he prayed that way, and I thought, mm, that's good, that's good, and I didn't realize the impact of that, and I've prayed for many others that way since that time. I, I got there on a Friday, and uh, two days later on a Sunday, independent of each other, I met two people 
And we have been the closest of friends from that moment. And there has been much spiritual um, transfer, if you will, benefit on both sides of these relationships. And I don't know how things would have been without them, without those relationships. I'm saying God is still that way. And He has ordained that you and I have connectivity, not just with Him, but with others who are in Him. And there are things that God wants to give to you and minister to you through other people and things He wants you to minister and pray for and do things in other people's lives. And if we'll value these relationships and make them essential, then God is able to do more than He'll ever be able to do if we're just kind of, I'm more of a loner, I'm just kind of last one in, first one out, don't want to get involved, just kind of come listen and, 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 and do my own thing. Okay, that minimizes your growth. You know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I think uh, the Lord wants people to be together is because th- then there's more, <laughs> well, how can I say this in a nice way? People give you your greatest opportunity to overcome stuff. If you've been in a family or been in church for very long, you know that's the case. Huh? Those who don't grow run from every difficult relationship and every disagreement and every, uh, you know, every uncomfortable situation. But those who stick through and work through and develop and grow and walk in love and forgive and do all this kind of stuff, those are the individuals who end up becoming strong and they grow and they don't remain in that babyhood state of Christianity. Now, why am I saying this? One, because it's fun. But, <laughs> but, but I'm saying this for, for a reason. If you, if you have found yourself acting in such a way, it doesn't have to continue. You may have run from relationships and run from difficult situations and, 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 and hardships all your life. But why don't you overcome this time? Next time it happens, because it will happen again. Why don't you overcome this time? Why don't you stick, in, stick with it and, and, and walk in love and let the victory of Christ uh, come through your life? And as you get victory over this situation, you won't have to deal with it on that level ever again. You'll grow and develop and others will be blessed and you'll be blessed as a result of it. And so the Lord wants to help us. You know, Proverbs 27 and verse 17, it reads this way. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. A man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Think about that. The relationship that we have, that we potentially can have one with another, makes us look better. Everyone wants to look better, right? Wants your countenance to be better. Well, what do you need? You need someone else. You need someone else, and sometimes you cling, and you come out sparking and shining and, and, uh, and, and looking better. But without that relationship, it's, well, it's just me and the Lord. No, it's not just you and the Lord. It's you and the Lord, and it's, and it's you and me and the Lord, and you and someone else in the Lord. And recognizing that and valuing those relationships is, is, is so very important. How many times have we been spurred on by a brother or sister in Christ? How many times has someone in, encouraged us or we've been able to speak in someone's life, and really if they hadn't done it, where would we be? I mean, it's, it's hard to answer that question, isn't it? But I tell you this, I know the Lord is sending people your way. And I tell you this as well, I know you, that the Lord is sending you some way. I, I'm, I'm certain, in just like He has arranged for me at times past and really many times through my life, divine connections. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it by making it sound cool with that we're divine and everything. But, uh, uh, but, but I am talking about there are, there are relationships that, that God has in mind. 
Not everyone in here is going to know everybody intimately and personally. That, that's that's not, not possible. But there are going to be relationships that God ordains. And there's a connection. Sometimes it's brief. Sometimes it's more long-lasting. But they're of God and they must be recognized. Because when we do, we grow. When we recognize these, we increase. Hebrews 10.25 is a very popular verse. Pastors love this verse. I'm one of them. I like it because it tells you to go to church. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I could say with all boldness and confidence, it's not my idea. Yeah. But it says, take a look. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. What did he say to do? Not forsake getting together. In other words, there were people in their day, seems kind of similar today, but people had become, and this is what the scripture is saying, they had gotten into the habit of not getting together. And that wasn't the Lord's plan. He didn't want them to not get together. They had gotten into the habit of saying, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm fine all by myself. And so they stopped joining. They stopped gathering in, in an assembly. They stopped assembling together. And, and, and the writer here wrote by the Spirit of God and said, don't do that. Especially the later and later it gets, the closer we get to the end times, it's even more and more necessary for believers to be together, for them to be connected. It's necessary for our growth. And you can see one of the things that needs to happen He said, but exhorting one another, but exhorting one another. Well, that's one of the reasons we get together so we can be close, so we can have relationships, so we can have friendships and we can say, hey, you know, how's it going? What's going on with you? And we can spur each other on, pray for each other if if, if the Lord leads us to pray for and so forth. But we spur each other on to love and to good works. But without that connection, what happens? Well, Sometimes it's very hard to put your finger on it. You don't know what you're missing when you're missing it. You know what I'm talking about? You don't know what could be there because it's not there. And you don't know that it's not there because you don't know what it is. And so sometimes sometimes these things, I say them and they're hard to measure. It's hard to give tangible evidence and say, if you will do these, then this will happen. Well, what is that? It's growth. You'll have a different perspective. But how can I tell you you don't have that perspective now that you would have had if you would have done this, this, and this? Because you don't see that perspective or even know what that is. And so, kind of, you know what we have to do? We kind of have to, like, accept this by faith. We kind of have to just kind of roll with it and say, Lord, I'm going to go with this. This is your plan. You want us to be together. You want others to be speaking into my life. You want me to speak into other people's lives. I don't know how that's going to play out, what that's going to look like, or what it's not, what it's going to look like if I don't have that, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And the results, again, may not be immediately measured, but I tell you, they are producing wonderful things in our lives as we yield to this. Okay? And so one of the reasons we gather together is simply to exhort one another. And developing right relationships is vital to your walk with God. Okay? And so, who do you stir up? Who's stirring you up? Who's, who's talking to you? How many know when you get a relationship that gets below surface level, then you can really, uh, you can really experience the benefits of that relationship? If all of our relationships are just on the top, the surface level, there's some things you, it's very difficult to say. 
Very difficult to say to a person. You know, I mean, how many strangers do you walk up to and say, hey, your zipper's down? <laughs> you know, how, how many people, how many strangers you walk, you know, you walk up to and, and you see them smile and you go, oh, excuse me, I don't know you, but you've got food in your teeth. <laughs> Might want to check a mirror now and then. <laughs> say, well, that sounds kind of rude. But how many would say that to a close friend? And not even care if you were rude because they understand you. you know, I mean, you're not trying to be rude, but, you know, you just know each other real well. I say, dude, did you forget to get dressed this morning? <laughs> you been in the bathroom lately? You might be wondering how I know that. You know, you'd even mess with them a little bit. But you're doing it for their benefit, right? <laughs> Do you ever brush your teeth? That is so nasty. See, when you know someone well, you can tell them things that might be embarrassing to someone you didn't know well and you wouldn't bother. What about things, I mean, what about things that are really important? What about your walk with God? What about your prayer life? What about your, your, your integrity? What about how you're conducting yourself, how you're treating your spouse? How you, who, can, who can talk to you about that kind of stuff? Who, who, who could say something to you if they really noticed that you were doing something that was harmful to your life? And other people around you. Who could tell you that? Well, see, this is one of the areas that God will use us in. Because how many know sometimes we have blind spots? Sometimes we're, we're just cruising along and we don't see that that car is there. So we're going to change lanes. Huh? And, that, you know, you can get in a car accident that way. But in life, also the case is some other, some, oftentimes other people can help you out. So, hey, did you see that? Nope. <laughs> I didn't, but thanks. Amen. Let me talk to you about, about, uh, about balance. Balance. If, I, if I'm going to grow and develop in spiritual things, I must be balanced. I must not be overweighted in one thing over another. Uh, amen. I looked up this word balance. It, it said, uh, an even distribution of weight... Enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Okay, you can see that. A condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. All right, so what happens when we talk about balance, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, you got to have faith and unbelief. I'm perfectly balanced. <laughs> I'm not talking about compromising God's Word, which a lot of people do in the name of balance. They'll say, well, we want to be balanced here, you know, and so they'll make excuses for God's Word and promises not coming to pass and give plan B's and all that kind of stuff. Not balancing that way at all, okay? But we are talking about proper proportions of the different elements. Um, Let me give you a a couple scriptures. I'll, I'll read them to you. You can turn if you're fast. But 1 Thessalonians 3.10 reads, Night and day, praying exceedingly, that we may see your face and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now, Now think about that. Paul recognized that these guys were lacking something in their faith. They were saved, they loved the Lord, they were lacking something. He said, I I want to get to you, I want to get over there so I can help shore up these areas in your life that are missing something. They're lacking, you're weak in certain areas. Acts 20, 27, 
Paul said here, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Now look, whole counsel, not part counsel, not favorite verses, not just the subjects that bless you. The whole counsel of God. I told you everything I know about Him. I, I, I told you I dealt with all subject matter. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, what? Complete. That the man of God would be what? Complete. In other words, it's possible for someone to be a man of God and not be complete. Yes. Okay. Uh, Complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so all Scripture, complete. The Lord wants us to be well-rounded and developed in all these areas. And so uh, those who study physical stuff, you know, those who give advice regarding physical fitness and health will almost always tell you that you should have the proper diet and exercise, right? It's not just about what you eat. But it's also, it's what you eat and what you do. Eat the right thing, do the right thing, and you'll, you know, you, you can be in good physical condition, good physical shape. There's a, there, there, there's a balance there. You know, there's a lot of discussion about having a balanced diet, right? In other words, not just eating all one type of food. Balanced, balanced to me means cookies and cream, <laughs> right? Otherwise, it's just unbalanced ice cream. Amen. Just wanted to be with you. Just telling the truth, shaming the devil. <laughs> Preaching myself happy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Say, burn that stump. <laughs> or as we said growing up, milk that cow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm having fun whether you are or not. <laughs> There needs to be balance. In order for us to have spiritual health, then, we need to have balance. It's not about doing one thing really well and ignoring everything else. It's, it's, it's like if I, were to, um, if I were to go to the gym and only work out one half of my body for years. I've got massive arm and shoulder and pectoralis and big thighs and cat, you know, I'm just really in shape. I mean, it's possible, I guess, you could do this. You would look really strange. And, 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 and would you be really strong? Well, kind of. You'd probably run into a lot of trouble. And, and see, what a person might do is then they're going, you know, they're getting the Christmas tree out and trying to set things up and they're, they're not able to move it very well and, and they're feeling winded and, 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 and they're just they're struggling to get some basic tasks and chores done. They might think, hmm, man, why is this so hard? I need to go back to the gym and work out this, my bicep over here. Right? So they go, because they're having trouble, what do they go to? They gravitate to what they're good at, what they're strong at, what they're developed in, and they continue to make that part of their life stronger. Whereas another part of their life is, you know, just dragging along for the ride. 
And they don't understand, why am I not feeling good? What's wrong with me? Well, oftentimes it's not what you think. And people gravitate towards what they're comfortable with, what they're good at, what they're developed in. And the thing is, is it good to be developed in this part of your life? Absolutely. But the neglect of another part of your life will will cause you much problem. Many problems will, will transpire. And, and so the focus needs to be on what? Balance. Sometimes this happens in, in, in spiritual things. But how many recognize that prayer, for example, does not replace the Word? Oh, I'm a prayer. Someone says, I'm a prayer. I'm an intercessor. I just pray. Well, maybe you ought to quit for a while and read some Word. Because if you don't know the Word, you're going to pray in error anyway. Uh, Someone said, I'm just a Word person. I listen to different people teach the Word all day long. And I I play it in the car. I I study the Word. And I look up. I got Bible software. And I study the Word. And and, uh, I'm just a Word person. And... How's your prayer life? Well, I'm more of a word person. I'm sure my prayer, my prayer, I'm a good prayer. Yeah. How's, how's your worship? How much time, how much, how much are you developed in worshiping God? When you worship Him, is it, is it like, does something on the inside of you explode? Is it like, glory to God, I just love to worship? Well, no, I'm more of a word person. Well, you're unbalanced. Someone said, well, I, when I come to church, it's all about the worship. It's all about the music and the worship, and, and I just love to worship. And, and, and that's fine, that's good, you should, and, and love to worship God, but where, where are you at with the Word? You, everybody understand what I'm talking about here? Someone said, I, I'm just all about the lost. Good, good, a lot of people missing that. I'm a Word person, I'm a worship person. Do you, have you ever shared the gospel with a lost person? What about serving? What about using the gifts of God inside of you to serve another, to help the ministry, to, to serve another person? How's that working? Well, those are my calves. I don't really work out my calves. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, what we want, whether you're balanced physically or not, I don't really care. As long as you live long and live strong. Whether you're balanced spiritually, though, this, this, is, this is very important. And too many times Christians are way out of whack they're all their attention on one thing. I, I bet, I bet this would be true. There are probably some that say about our church. I'm just here for the worship. I love the worship. And other people would say I'm just here for the word. It's just, just teaching the word. That's why some people slip out after I'm done here. <laughs> I'm just here for the word. Well, that's fine. We'll give you the word, and you can have a big honking left bicep. But what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for, you know, and some people go another. I'm just here. I want to. Have, I want to meet people. I want to have friendships. I want to have relationships. I just want to get to know. That's good too. Some people are totally missing it in that area. It's just war, the word, the worship, da 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 da, da and out of here, and no one else but me. See, that's unbalanced. What I'm looking for as a pastor is to create a church and an environment, uh, an atmosphere where it's it's healthy. Where there's spiritual health there. Where someone can, quote, get it all, if you will. In other words, have a well-balanced spiritual environment and climate where they can not only connect with one another, where they can connect with God and worship Him like, like there's nothing else that matters. Where they're 
get into the Word and have knowledge of Scripture. They serve and they evangelize the lost and, and everything's present there. But none of that can really be forced. None of that can be imposed upon a person. We're just trying to, you know, create a, a system and a format where all these things can take place. And what I want to stress to, the, to you guys is uh, take advantage of it and don't let yourself be lopsided. Don't let yourself miss out on certain areas of spirituality because eventually you'll be limping. Eventually you'll be out of proportion and that will harm in some areas. I know that individuals sometimes have, they may have a marriage problem, having problems in their, their, their home life. And they think, well, the answer here is we need marriage counseling or we need a marriage seminar or a book or something like that to get the marriage fixed. Sometimes that's right. But you know what other times it is? It's those people need to get their relationship with God fixed. And it's because they have neglected their spiritual life with God that it is manifesting in their marriage. I've seen it with teenagers that sometimes, you know, they're, they're overly dependent on and clingy to relationships and sometimes improper relationships at their age. And you know what the, the fix is there? Not just, you need to cut that off. They're, the problem is, is they don't have a good relationship with their parents. And they're filling that void with something else. Sometimes when we think we have a need, we think this area needs fixed, we're going to gravitate towards what we know and what we do well, when oftentimes it's the neglect of a different area that seems totally unrelated, that is, it is the solution for the current scenario that we're dealing with. And that's why we've got to spread out. We've got to stretch and, and let God talk to us about something that, you know, maybe we wouldn't normally even listen to. Maybe let a person into our life that may bring up a subject or, or something that we wouldn't normally even think about. I mean, sometimes the Lord will help us to do this. These kind of things happen in our believers' meetings. You know, recently we had a service and we did something at the end I would have never even thought of. We had people who had needs, financial needs, right then in that service lift their hands in the air and other people around the church went and gave them money. I wouldn't even have thought to do that. So the Lord will help me, help me to think of that, so, 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 to do some of those things, things sometime. But outside of a special move of God like that, we just don't think of things. You know, he told us in another one recently, another one of our believers meetings. By the way, that's one where most of the revelation flows. <laughs> one of our believers meetings recently. Uh, the Lord dealt with me to encourage and, and challenge people to praise him for you know, not a, as a law, but like 10 minutes in the morning. And that if they would do so, it would change decisions that they would make that day. Where they would have made the wrong decision, but by exalting and magnifying the Lord first, they would see things from His perspective and, and under the Lordship of Jesus, and they would make the right choice. But in the absence of that, they just make the wrong choice. So, Wow. These little things, sometimes we, we wouldn't just gravitate towards that. Well, that's not just the way I do it. I like to do it a different way. But the revelation of these things bring balance to our lives and bring us to a place where God is moving and flowing and He's not hindered by, by our own you know, deficiencies. Well, God is good. Anybody getting anything out of this today? I know I've already used up my normal time, but... Uh, let, let me just take a couple minutes and, and, and we'll, we'll finish some things today. But... Uh, the Lord wants us to be balanced, wants us to grow in all areas of life. 
you know, if there's a certain style, I, I just gravitate towards, you know, the, the healing meetings or, a, you know, a, a evangelistic meeting or this type. Let's be open to everything. You know, it's like someone says, I'm a morning person. I'm a night person. I heard someone say one time, I told the Lord I was going to be an anytime person. And just not limit God. Not limit Him with the, with the, the desires of the flesh. And when I look at our church, and of course we want to grow and reach as many people as we, as we possibly can. Most churches, are, most churches, I think, are that way. They want to reach more people. Uh, but oftentimes our focus then can be, well, how can we reach more people? And it turns to the world's mindset of, of just, you know, promotion and advertising. And, and not that that's all bad, but it just going there. Well, I look at it this way. If our church is healthy, healthy things grow. If there's something good going on inside, it's going to naturally grow. And, and, and so I look, at, I look at our church and I think, what percentage of our people, how many people are in, are coming to church, not occasionally, but regularly, consistently? That shows some degree of maturity. I look at and I say, how many people are actually not just coming, but they go a next step and they serve in some way or some capacity? That shows growth and that shows a, a healthy church. I look at our church and I think, how many people are, are taking advantage of the systems that the Lord has helped us to, to set up like authentic life? Or how many just ignore it? This shows the health of our church. I look at how many people are, are actually winning the loss to the Lord, inviting unsaved friends and, 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 and winning the loss to the Lord. That's a degree of maturity that is shown when that's happening. How many know, know in all species you see maturity in reproduction? You start having kids, <laughs> right? I look at I look at how many people in our church. What's the percentage of our people who actually give at least a tithe? In other words, at least ten percent. That's directly tied to a person's spiritual maturity. All right. How many people are are just getting saved, but then how many are going the next steps and getting baptized in water and getting baptized in the Holy Spirit? Receiving the power of God. How many people are laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? Come on now. I mean, how many know the health of our church is not just about warm bodies in the building. It's about spiritual activity individually, personally. Where am I at with God? And then when we're all doing that, I mean, we're creating an atmosphere, an attractive place where people will, they know this is the real deal. This is not just some religion. This is not just some build. This is, this is God who's working in this place. Amen, 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 amen. And so just like, you know, as the Lord leads us and helps us to provide these things and, and design our, our church in, in such a way and continue to, we've been around a while, but continue to do things in a right way, even if everything's perfect. How many know you can have a gym membership and still be a weakling? And be totally out of shape. <laughs> Even if you carry that card, you know, on your keychain with a little bar. You can keep that with you all and you don't get in shape. It's totally a ripoff, isn't it? How many know you actually have to go and lift things up? <laughs> Move things around and, and, and use it. And likewise it is with spiritual things. Even if our church were perfect, and it's not. But if our church were perfect, that doesn't guarantee the growth of every individual. 
It doesn't. We have to pick things up. We have to take what's there. We have to use them. We have to put them into practice. We have to develop and change and grow and, and do these things for us to be healthy on a personal level. And I tell you what, the more we can get going on this bandwagon towards spiritual growth and development and, and health, uh, the more effective we're going to be in reaching the lost. The Lord will be glorified. The Lord will be lifted high. Amen. Amen. Stand up on your feet with me today. I have more to say, but I think we're good enough for now. Amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord today. Say, well, I'm not really a worshiper. I'm more of a word person. (laughs) Well, why don't you go ahead and try? Why don't you go ahead and, and get that right arm going? Huh? Let's develop here and let's make a connection with the Lord and let Him speak to our hearts today. Amen.